Amen. Yes, Lord. Open up these floodgates. Praise the Lord. I pray tonight that uh, the floodgates of heaven would be opened up in our understanding of the Word of God, that we would have a, a flow of His Spirit that would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts, and that we could hear, hear see, and perceive the truth of God's Word. Because my people will know the truth, He said, and the truth shall set them free. I don't know if there's something you need to get freed from tonight. Maybe something the devil's tried to latch hold of you on. And, but let me tell you what, there's liberty in Jesus. Amen. And we want to just move into that. And, uh, and I'm going to preach with an extra smile on my face. I got my whole family back. Praise the Lord. A whole week. I think that was the longest we've ever been apart in all of our marriage. And uh, that was long enough. So if I, was, I was sitting at the airport. And I said, if that takes that plane till 3 a.m. to get here, we'll be right here. We're going to get you home. And... Uh, they were glad to be home, and what a blessing. God answered our prayers for safety, and we thank the Lord for that. Thank you for being here tonight, and how exciting it is to come together and study God's Word. There is so much more that takes place than just uh, the measure of time and, and the words that are shared in the time that we're together here. We are the ecclesia. We are the church. God says he's called us out of our homes into uh, an assembly, an ag coming together in agreement. And they're activating the exponential of God. They're to equip us to go forth and to do the works of service that God has gifted us and called us to do. This is an equipping center. So much is happening here in these next few moments, not because of me and not just because of you, but because of us and because of us coming together in obedience to God's plan, because the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is here. You, you say, well, I don't, I don't feel Him. Just welcome Him right now. You know, He's been trying to sit beside you, and you've been kind of putting stuff over in that seat like you. You know how you act sometimes when you go into a strange place, or you see somebody, you really don't want them sitting next to you, and you're filling up your seat with stuff. Come on now, let's get real. Well, the Holy Spirit said, make room, make room. I'll come in. I'm here. God's Spirit is here. And He wants to do something in our head, but it's not to be just there in our head. It is to move and do transformation in our heart so that we as a people of faith can rise to a supernatural level. The church was never created by God. It's, it's God's creation. It was not created to be a natural organization. We are called to be a supernatural organism. Amen? Amen? To live and breathe and have our, our moving in Him. In Him. So I don't want us to come here tonight and pretend we're just going to a class or just a little Bible study. I want us to understand that we are created by God, supernatural beings, created in His image. We are speaking spirits like Him, that our words have power they have so much power and He gives us free will that we can use those words to create life or we can use those words to create death. We can use our words to bless or our words to curse, our words to give life or death. That we have a responsibility created in the image of God. We have a responsibility to, to learn how to properly manage the supernatural power and authority He has given to us. That we, we can do more for the advancement of the kingdom of God than any other creature on planet earth. He did not create the animals. He did not create the birds of the air or the fish of the sea. He did not create them to advance His kingdom. He created you and me. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. And let me tell you what, we have to have our minds transformed. Otherwise, we get pressed into the mold of this world. And he tells us not to be pressed into the mold of this world and conformed to its image, for we have a supernatural image. We, we are not to let the pressures of the world push us into the limitations that the world says there are. God says, I'm an unlimited God and I've created you in my image. And the only way that cannot take place, he says, is that you have to have your minds renewed. And as your minds are renewed with the Word of God, a transformation, a metamorphosis takes place, and you go from looking like that natural caterpillar that you can come forth like a supernatural butterfly. 
doing what the world says cannot happen, but because God created it to do that, something can go from crawling to flying after it spent some time in a cocoon. Wow! Because it's the DNA creative order of God. We as Christians are created with the DNA supernaturally of God that we are not to crawl about limited to the natural forces of this world, but we are to be supernatural beings. And the exchange for that supernatural life in understanding with our minds renewed is that we have to be a people of faith. Faith is so very important. Without faith, we cannot please God. Without faith, we cannot fulfill the pleasure that God created us. We fall flat of our creative order if we're not a people of faith. So that behooves me, that encourages me, that challenges me to challenge you that we must study faith together. We must learn how to walk in faith. We must learn how to think in faith. We must learn how to talk in faith. We have to embrace the concept and the understanding of faith or we are not going to be who God's created us to be. I wanted to talk to you tonight about four keys to having strong faith. Four keys to having strong faith. And this isn't just to learn about faith and let it process in your mind, but for your mind to say, I am taking this and I will chew on this cud. I will chew on this. I will meditate on it until I get it into my heart. And once it's in my heart, my belief system is established, then I can begin to exercise speaking words and actions and declarations and, 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 and decisions that will advance the kingdom of God and I can be that supernatural being God has created me to be. Four keys to strong faith. Romans chapter 4, verse 18. The Bible is talking about Abraham here. We're in the New Testament. We're under the New Testament covenant. But in this New Testament, God is showing us of that in the old, which were shadows. That was foreshadowing and types and symbols and all that God was showing us. Even though there were different covenants back then, and the covenants back then were, were inferior to the covenant we have today. But there were just shadows. They were just showing us examples that we could look back on and draw strength, knowing that if this could take place under that covenant... How much more should we be able to attain and how much more than higher level should we be able to go with the covenant that we have today and the fullness of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us as children of God? So here he's drawing back and he's looking at an example of the Old Testament and he said, look at Abraham. Abraham who, contrary to hope, in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. There was no hope in the natural for Abraham. Paul is looking back. The Holy Spirit is drawing our attention to an occasion years and thousands of years before where Abraham had been given a promise at 75 years old that he would be the father of nations and he was without a child. And his wife, there she was, 10 years younger than him, and uh, they had no children, but God has given them a promise. And it says, contrary to hope, the situation seemed hopeless, but in hope he believed so that he became the father of many nations. Because he believed, because he believed, the miracle of that which seemed impossible became possible to him. There was no hope in the natural realm. There was no hope in his natural body or in Sarah's natural body. But both of them agreed as even though they were dead in their bodies, they were going to have children in their old age because of the promise of God. God's made promises to you and God has made promises to me and maybe they have not come to fruition yet and I am encouraging you tonight that you don't throw them, those promises aside. That you say, wait a minute, my God is faithful and my God will see this through and He just wants me to rise up in faith and believe and receive what He has for me. So what did they do when the promise was opposite the problem? We need to look at that because... You know, it's not a miracle. It's not supernatural if it's something you can do, to your, do on your own. This book needs to be picked up. I can pick that book up. That didn't take a whole lot of supernatural intervention other than me understanding God gives me life and I took the life that He gave me and moved that book. But you know what I'm saying. So, so that would not take much in the natural. So when God gives us a promise, it goes beyond what you could do in the natural. 
And if you've not heard God speak to you a supernatural promise that goes beyond your limitation, then you need to get some Q-tips, spiritual Q-tips, and clean out your ears. Because let me tell you what, I believe He's challenging every one of us to hear Him and believe Him for the supernatural in our life. And it should not be a one-time occasion. It should not be a one miracle in a lifetime. I believe that's how He wants us to live and move and have our being. I believe that's how He wants us to, to expect every day to see the hand of God move in such a mighty way. Let it move in and through us. And here they had a promise that was opposite the problem. So they rejected the natural and they chose to believe God for the supernatural. That's a good example for us tonight to reject the natural with its limitations and believe God for the supernatural. I'm telling you, you're not believing God for big enough. I, 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 in the first of this year, the Lord said, get up and tell them, my people are not believing me for big enough. You're not believing me for miracles. You're not believing me for the supernatural. It's like you think I'm on a budget. God said, I'm not on a budget. I'm not limited. He says, this is who I am. That, that's my character. That's my nature. I am the God that heals, the God that delivers, the God that raises up, the God that gives the victory, the God that sets free, the God that gives victory over the enemy when you are out numbered a thousand to one that's who I am and I want you to believe me for more some of you today I believe uh, in this year have held in your hands some of the manifests of the miracle of that which you've, you've, you you got a promise in years past and some of you have done that but there's others of you you're still just holding the promise and it has not come to manifest yet I'm here to tell you God does not want you to give up God does not want you to lay that down God does not want you to turn your back on that He has challenged me to challenge you to believe Him for more to believe Him for the supernatural to believe Him for the miraculous so there is a natural hope which we all have and natural hope is good and, and it helps us with the ebbs and the flows of, of life but uh, it has limitations. You must understand your natural hope, that, that, that propensity you have just to have hope uh, has natural limitations. But I'm here to tell you tonight there's a supernatural hope. And it doesn't come naturally, but it comes supernaturally. It's imparted by God. And it's kind of what he's talking about in 1 Corinthians 13 and 13, where he says, now abide faith, hope, and love. And, and these are three, but the greatest of these is love. We know that we're not going to need faith and we're not going to need hope in, when we're in heaven, but there's going to still be love. It's going to be saturated with heaven. So the greatest of these that, that will last all throughout eternity is love. But until we get to heaven, we've got to get some heaven to earth. So we need faith and hope because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. And God gives these to us. Isn't it amazing to know that God right now wants to impart in you hope, supernatural hope, so that you can believe Him. He's not asking you to believe Him in your natural hope and, 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 and with your natural sight. He wants to come in and aid us and assist us in this. To receive greater miracles in our life, we have to reject the limitations of natural hope and press on to obtain God's supernatural hope through faith. So I want to give you these four keys to having strong faith. The first is this. Faith has the power to appropriate or to take for your own use, to take ownership. Faith has the power to appropriate God's provisions. So we're not going to see the transfer of the provisions of God in our life without faith. It's going to take faith. I, last year, about this time, we were getting some of our memories coming up that we were in Europe. And uh, one of the first places we did ministry in Europe was the Czech Republic. And I remember when, I think it, we were in the Czech Republic, uh, I, I'm not remembering, was it Prague? Maybe it was Prague. We were there. We went and, uh, on the streets and town center, and they had these cakes baked into cones. Not like a cake cone that was crusty, but a big, fluffy pound cake cone, okay? And they filled it with ice cream. And it smelled so good. And it was hot. Okay. And uh, so we went up there and, and I offered them some, you know, dollars. We were here and dollars are good everywhere. Our, our credit card. And, and the guy said, no good, no good. And I'm like, we've just waited in this long line to place our order and you tell me this is no good. He said, no good. 
So we have to leave, and, and we go and we find uh, Western Union, our bank, and we had to uh, exchange some, some dollars to some check. And uh, us, a check is something you're right, but this is their check. And, uh, and so we were able to exchange it and then go back and get in the line again. Oh, can you believe the nerve of them? But nonetheless, <laughs> we waited in the line again. We got up there, placed our order, handed them uh, the, the correct currency, that they would, and then they appropriated, they, they gave us ownership of what we so desired. Well, faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is the currency to make the exchange to get all that Jesus has provided for us in and through the atonement. We appropriate it. We take ownership of it by faith. Faith. Faith is key. And the enemy then will, because of that, he will attack us in our faith realm more than anything else. And he'll try to get us limited to looking at natural hope rather than knowing that we have access to supernatural hope. So I'm here to tell you, whatever you want from God is going to take faith. And faith will bring whatever is focused on from the unseen realm into the seen realm. So whatever promise, whatever miracle, whatever the Word of God has said to you that is yours in Christ Jesus, you can, you can appropriate it by faith, by focusing on what God has promised, and that will bring what is from the unseen unto the seen realm. This is why it's so important, what I call faith focus. That's why I say it's so important for us to have faith focus and what our faith is focused on, the promises of God. Faith focus is key. And Abraham's faith here was focused on God's Word, the Bible says. He says, I'm, I'm what God promised, that I'm going to be the father of nations. I'm, I'm focused on God's Word and because he was focused on God's Word, even though it was 25 years later, we see it manifest. Let me tell you why. There may be a season, there may be a time between now the promise and the manifestation of the promise, but if faith has to continue to stay strong. So I'm encouraging you how to keep your faith strong. And uh, let me tell you, every word that God has spoken, the Bible says we shall not live by bread alone, but every, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We have to hold on to the word. The word has to be the center of our lives. We cannot just pick this up on a Sunday or a Wednesday. We must meditate on the word of God day and night, and we will have good success in the land that God is bringing us into. In Matthew 14 and 29, and he, Jesus, said to Peter, if you remember, he said to the disciples, but Peter's responding to him as they're in the middle of this storm, and Jesus comes walking on the water, and, 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 and Peter says, if that's you, Lord, bid me come. Give me a word. Give me a word. And Jesus gave him a word. I mean, it's almost comical. He says, come. Gives him one word. And then Peter, the Bible says, was come down out of the ship, and he walked on the water to Jesus. He got the Word. He stepped out in belief and action and walking in on the Word, and the Word is what held him up. It was not the water. That one word, come, was spoken and made all this possible. It was not only just a word, but it was the word spoken by the word. Because in 1 John 1 and 3, the Bible says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, verse 1. Verse 2, he was in the beginning uh, God, with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. So the word was given the word, hallelujah, and Peter took the word from the word, stood on the word, and walked on the, on the, on the problem. He walked over the problem. And your problem today, let me tell you what, is not greater than the sea that was coming against them that day. And God has given you a word to help you rise up from the word that you can stand on the word and believe the word and confess the word and, 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 and declare the word. And you can walk on the word over the storms and circumstances and situations of your life as well. Why do you think God records these examples for us in, his, in the word of God? See, this is where the power came from for Peter to walk on the water. From the Word, the same Word we have today. Hallelujah. Any word spoken to us by God carries in itself the anointing. Let me tell you what, you get a word on it. Whatever the problem is, get a word on it. Get a word on it. Not a man's word, but a God's word. From the Word, let the Word give you a word. Hallelujah. Can't live on bread alone. 
you got to have the word. you got to have the word. So get a word on it. And, and, and when God gives you the word, and it's already given to us in the Logos, let it become a rhema to you. That word carries the anointing. It carries the power. It carries the authority to fulfill that word. So you look at that word and you look, the devil will say, how in the world are you going to, how in the world are you going to do that? You say, it's not in me, it's in the Word. The power's in the Word. The anointing's in the Word. All I got to do is walk on the Word. In my strength, I can't walk on water. In my strength, I can't walk over these troubled circumstances, but I can walk on the Word, and the Word's already built a bridge that I can walk over these troubled circumstances. So I just got to stay on the Word. If I stay on the Word, then I can walk over the troubled circumstances and the storms of life. Because when you believe the Word and stand on the Word, it releases the power of the Word into your current life. The rhema, the Logos becomes the rhema to you. And despite all the criticism that so many people have thrown against Peter, let me tell you what, uh, you know, let me tell you what, I don't criticize Peter. He heard the Word, he received the Word, he believed the Word, he acted on the Word, and he walked on the water making history. So you may want to criticize him uh, for what happened after this, but I'm here to say, here's a man that showed me the example that if I'll hear the Word, and if I'll receive the Word, and if I'll believe the Word, and if I'll act on the Word of God, then I can walk on the troubled circumstances, and only if I get my eyes off of the Word am I going to sink. Because only did he sink when he got his eyes off of Jesus and on the circumstances around him. And there were 11 other disciples in the boat. Eleven of them. And although they clearly saw Jesus and they clearly saw Peter walking on the water, they did not participate. And as your pastor, I don't want you to be the eleven disciples that sit in the boat and maybe criticize Peter for having his little sinking moment and being saved by Jesus. I want you to see here's a man in the natural and with natural hope there was no hope, but there was supernatural hope that if I'll believe Jesus' word and receive his word and act on his word, a miracle can take place and he got out of the boat I'm challenging you to get out of the boat and say circumstances and storms of life you're not taking me down I've got something stronger than you I've got something higher than you I've got a word from the Lord hallelujah faith has the power to bring whatever is focused on from the unseen world into the seen world you're not going to see it take place other than by faith. By faith. We are called to be a people of faith. God has given to each of us the measure of faith. We have what we need. We just need to use what we have. Hallelujah. Another important key to receiving a miracle from God is you must move from the natural to the supernatural. You've got to change the way you're thinking. You've got to leave from the security of your natural resources. You've got to get out of your boat. You know, you've got to get out of your boat. You know, I love it when I'm put in a position where I'm kicked out of the boat. Anybody ever been kicked out of the boat? You had no other choice. If God didn't come through, you weren't going to see a miracle. And what do we do? We write, we write uh, uh, Facebook uh, posts and all about the miracle that God brought through. God brought us through. And usually the miracles we talk about are the ones that we had no other choice but to believe God. And we chose, fortunately, to believe God. And we saw the miracle. Why do we have crisis miracles only? Why can't we do like Peter and say, I'm going, to, I'm going to get out of the boat. I'm going to choose to get out of the boat. I'm not going to ride this storm out. I'm not going to put up with this any longer. I'm going to believe God for the supernatural. So we need our minds to move from the natural to the supernatural, knowing that God clearly states in, in Romans 2 and 11 that He has no respect for persons. So what He's done for me, He wants to do for you. What He did for Peter, He wants to do for you. What He did for Abraham, He wants to do for you. He is no respecter of persons. And so, so any of the disciples could have walked on the water that day. All 12 of them actually could have got out and walked on the water. If they would have heard the Word of Christ, received the Word of Christ, believed the Word of Christ, acted on the Word of Christ, and gotten out of the boat, put some actions to it. That you got to, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. So we must move from the natural to the supernatural. Is there something in your life? Don't wait till you're taking your last breath and you have no other options. Is there something in your life you can believe God for beginning tonight? 
Is there a lost loved one that you can start believing God for their salvation? Is there a circumstance or a situation, and it may not be a life or death situation, but an annoying situation, and you want to see the hand of God move mightily in that circumstance? I want you to get your mind renewed that we are not created to be natural beings only. We're not the cattle of the field. We're not, uh, you know, the birds of the air. We are sons and daughters of God. We've got to see that. So he doesn't want us to live like the bunny rabbit as we were walking today. We were taking a walk and, and there was a bunny rabbit running from us like we were going to kill it. And I said, dude, we're not going to eat you. My country boy days are behind. There was a day I'd have got you in the pot. But you keep, don't run like you're scared to death. They're living with that flight. They're living with that survival mentality. We are ambassadors of heaven. We're not supposed to be living with a survivor mentality. We're supposed to be living with a thriving mentality and advancing the kingdom of God and ushering in the will of God in heaven on earth mentality. And we can't do that in the natural. We have to co-labor with God in bringing in the supernatural. So we've got to move from this natural to the supernatural mindset. And then the third key is to moving from the natural to the supernatural takes place again by what is when you focus on the promises. Pro focus on the promises of God. Now I love what Paul said in Romans 4, 19 and following about this rest of this story with Abraham. And not being weak in faith. He's talking about Abraham here with that promise he's given to have been father of nations that he was not weak in faith. How is it that he was not weak in faith? How did he have strong faith? That's the title of our message. How to have strong faith. How was he not weak in faith but strong in faith? He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. And he did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Now this, these verses of Scripture are telling us how Abraham kept from being weak in faith. Now, 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 some translations and many commentators, they turn this verse around and they say the opposite of what the Greek language actually says. And I like the KJV's translation and the New King James Version's translation on this because they, they were true to the Greek flow of what he was saying here. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old or the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now, incorrectly... The NIV, and I'm not bashing the NIV, there's many, many places it says it in a great way. I love the translation there in certain areas. But in this particular place, it says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Now that is not what that verse says. That is not what that verse says. It does not say he looked at his circumstances and considered his body as good as dead. He, he just came to grips with that's not what it said. That type of reasoning is missing one of the great scriptural keys to having strong faith. It's telling you his faith was not weak, weakened because he did not consider his own body. He, he was choosing not to look at the negative circumstances. It wasn't that he just said, okay, these are my circumstances, I'm as good as dead. And that word consider is defined as to deliber deliberate upon or to examine or study or take into account or make an allowance for, to have regard for, pay attention to. And that Greek word was used as kanonio, which simply means to observe fully. And it says that Abraham did not deliberate upon. He did not examine. He did not study the age of himself and Sarah and the input, uh, uh, and let that have an impact on the promise of God. When you consider the facts that are presented to you uh, in the natural and you take them as face value that these are facts and these are real, then what happens is it begins to bring in uh, a lack of faith, fear, and unbelief. What we have to do is say, 
I'm not putting my head in the sand. These are the facts, but they're not what I'm considering. These are not what I'm considering. There, there is something that can override these facts. These facts cannot override it, but there is something that can override these facts. The Word of God can override these facts. The promises of God can override these facts. The miracle manifest of God can override these facts. These can't, facts can't override God. They can't override God. So I'm choosing not to consider the facts. The facts are not going to be a part of the decisions that I'm making. The decisions I'm making are on the promises of what God has said. And the Bible says in verse 19, you see it right there, and not being weak in faith. How was it that his faith was not weakened? He tells you the Word of God, the holy inspired Word of God tells you because he did not consider the facts. He did not consider the limitations of the natural because he, he, he knew that God was supernatural and the supernatural God, he can override the natural facts and Abraham says, I'm going with God. I'm going to go with what God has promised. And that's exactly the reason many of us would not be able to receive a miracle like this today because we have this tendency to consider the negative things that look contrary to God's Word and we think of the full impact of these negative reports and these negative things. Let me tell you what, you can take whatever little bit of negativity you got and Google it, next thing you know, you'll be calling 911. You know what I'm talking about. We pay attention to the negative records that we have and then fear and unbelief begins to come in which erodes our faith and then our faith is not taken hold. It's not the currency. We're up here now with fear and unbelief in the Czech Republic trying to buy something that we so desire and they said, no, no good, no good. Because fear and unbelief cannot be the exchange to bring what God has promised from heaven to earth. You've got to use faith. And fear and unbelief is the opposite of faith. And that's not the way Abraham uh, was strong in his faith, by looking at the facts that I'm an old man, and my wife's an old woman, and nobody our age has children. It, and that's what the Bible says. Abraham was 75 years old when the Lord first promised him that he would have a child, and all the nations of the earth would be blessed through him in Genesis chapter 12. He was 99 years old at the instance when Paul here is citing in Genesis 17 and 11 and Sarah was 90 years old. The Bible says it in Genesis 17 and 17. But yet Abraham says, I'm not going to consider these facts. I'm not going to consider the impossibility of what God has promised. God has made promises to you and they may seem in the natural impossible. But I'm here to tell you, you cannot consider the facts in the natural realm because you're called by God to move into the supernatural realm. God has that miracle for you. It's already prepared. All you need is by faith to appropriate it, to be able to take a, a ownership of it for your life. So it's true, the Bible says, that Abraham was strong in faith. And he was strong in faith. Uh, and the thing that made him strong in faith was that he kept his mind stayed on God's promises. And we have to do the same. And, and equally as important as that is key number four, he kept his mind off of anything that would have been contrary to God's promises. You've got to discipline yourself not to focus on the problems. Man, I thought I'd get a bigger amen than that. Just, just a, the excitement that I don't have to live focus on all this negative. Many people I've met desire to have the strong faith like Abraham did, but let me tell you what, very few are willing to control their thinking the way Abraham did. You've got to take every thought into the obedience of Christ. You cannot, you got, the war is in your head. The war is in your head. And let me tell you what, that's where you're going to either win or lose, and you've got to learn to discipline and exercise the authority God has given you in your mind. See, faith is a direct result of what we think on. Guess what? If you think on God's Word, faith comes. Hallelujah. Romans 8 and 6, for by, uh, the Bible says, for to be carnally minded is death. To think of, of the things of the carnal nature and the carnal world and the natural is death. It has limitations. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
And that word peace could come from the Old Testament. Uh, that word shalom has that same meaning where there's nothing broken and nothing missing. So we have Zoe life, abundant life, and where nothing is broken and nothing is missing, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So as we hear the Word of God, we get our minds off of the carnally limited natural things and the problems and all that they say can't be done, and we become spiritually minded. We're looking at the Word of God. We're believing God. If Jesus says we can walk on water in the middle of a storm, we're getting out of the boat. We're walking on water. We're keeping our focus on Jesus, and because we're spiritually minded, there comes Zoe life, abundant life, and, and shalom of God where there's nothing broken and nothing missing. So thank God we do what we're doing tonight. We come around the Word of God and we study the Word of God and we hear the Word of God. And as we hear the Word of God, faith comes. Faith comes so that we, we that faith that is in us begins to rise up and say, let's do it. Let's do it. I pray right now your, your faith is saying that to you. Let's do it. Let's believe God for greater. Let's believe God for bigger. Let's believe God for those promises. Let's, they, they may have been given to you 25 years ago. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There is no end. The Word of God, when He said, let there be light, that Word is still right now. They went into the minute uh, nucleus of whatever they could find to be the smallest element that we could uh, see or hear or whatever, and they found in the center of it all, there was sound. So when God said, let there be light, there's a continuation of that. Light, 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 light. Right now, what God says, if He made a promise to you, He's not revoked that promise. He's not pulled back on that promise. If He declared a miracle, if He's saying yesterday, today, and forever, He just wants you to rise up and believe Him. To believe Him. So if you want the faith of Abraham working in you, then think the way He thought. And he never considered it anything except God's Word. He would not focus on the negative. And let me tell you what, that's a, that's a temptation. I understand it, that's a temptation. The devil really knows how to put in full color the negatives. He knows how to put it in stereo, surround sound, Dolby sound, whatever. He, he knows how to get our attention with the negatives. I understand that. But the Bible says that Abraham said, I choose not to focus on that. I choose not to consider the, the, the reality. Devil, you got it. It's real. I'm not, I'm not saying you're lying. I'm just, that's not what I'm focused on. I'm focused on the promise of God. And because I take my eyes off of the natural and put my eyes on the supernatural because I'm not an animal, because I'm not a bird, because I'm not a fish of the sea, I am a son or a daughter of God who is created to walk in supernatural capacity here on this earth and be a living, breathing, speaking spirit of God filled with the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead walking in the authority given to me by Jesus to trample on serpents, serpents and scorpions, to trample on every evil thing that would come against me to walk over the problems of life. I'm taking my eyes off of the negative and I'm going to take my eyes on the positive. I'm going to take my eyes off of the natural. I'm not denying it. Okay, you got it. It's all good. You documented it. That'll make the testimony of the miracle even better. Go ahead. That's good. Keep it in my file because there's more coming. There's more coming. Somebody needs to hear this tonight because the circumstances has arrested your attention like Peter walking on the water and you've seen some miracle moments but the things around you has uh, uh, grasped your attention and now you're starting to sink. Jesus saved Peter when he cried out to him. And I'm saying to you tonight, if you've gotten your eyes off of, of the promises of God and looked at the problems of God and started sinking, let me tell you what, call out to Jesus. I, I can't help you tonight. Uh, your neighbor beside you can't help you, but your Jesus is right here. He is right here. Our Jesus is right here. And Peter cried out, Save me, Master. And Jesus helped him up and got him in the boat. He didn't say he drug him in the boat. I believe Peter got back up walking on water. And the two of them walked over and got in the boat. And, and that is a beautiful example for us tonight that if we've gotten our eyes off of the uh, supernatural, on the natural, and things have begin to, beginning to swallow us and, 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 and press us under and, and consume us, that we can turn our eyes to Jesus. 
This is a simple message, but let me tell you what. Oxygen breathing is a simple process, but without it, we die. And without this faith message and acting on it and understanding it, our whole relationship with God and everything He's called us to do dies. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible to walk in the pleasure of God, to be a part of the created pleasure of God without faith because faith is the currency of heaven on earth. And let me tell you what, we are being challenged this evening to have a strong faith. Have a strong faith. Faith has to be focused on God's Word. To receive the miracle, we have to reject the limitations of natural hope and press in to obtain God's supernatural hope through faith. There's supernatural hope God has for you tonight. And we got to keep our mind stayed on God's promises and on the flip side of that, keep our mind off of anything that is contrary to God's promises. In Revelation chapter 12, the Bible is talking about, he's actually drawing this picture of a woman giving birth to a male child out in the wilderness and the red dragon standing there waiting to devour the child. We know there's a picture in part of that where Satan was wanting to kill Jesus and actually had the attempt to try and kill him and they had to flee and go into the wilderness and go into Egypt uh, until that time passed. And there's, there's so much we could get out of here. But what I want to encourage you with this evening is this. I know there's an enemy waiting in your wilderness. That's not the encouragement. That is the reality. That there are wildernesses that we go through in life. Even Jesus, we see, went through it. And the enemy is waiting for us in our dry place. He is waiting for us in our hard place. Waiting to devour the very promise you're supposed to give birth to in the Spirit. He's wanting to devour it and destroy it. And if God has placed the seed of promise within you, I'm here to encourage you this evening. Hold on to it and don't give up. Hold on to it and don't let go. Hold on to it and don't give in. Hold on to it. And, and, and I've got a picture up here of holding on to the Word of God. That's the promise of God. That's the plan of God. That's the purpose of God. Don't you let go of that. You say, no, devil, you're not taking the Word from you. You're not taking the promise from you. You're not taking what God has said over me. No, I'm holding on to it, and I'm not giving up. Galatians 6 and 9 said, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season you shall reap if you do not lose heart. I'm here to tell you your due season is right around the corner, and God has sent me here as a prophet tonight to encourage you with a word of encouragement that your due season is right around the corner, and you cannot lose heart, you cannot get weary, you cannot give up, you cannot let go, you've got to hold on. Come on, church. You need to declare it today. You need to let it rise up within you by the power of the Holy Spirit and declare, I'm not going to let the devil kill my baby. I'm not going to let the devil kill my dream. I'm not going to let the devil kill my promise that God has given me. I'm not going to let the devil kill the vision that God has given to me. Even if I'm going through a wilderness, I'm coming out of the wilderness and I'm coming into the promises of God. We cannot do what God tells us in the Scripture over and over what folks did when they got into a wilderness. God says when you get in a wilderness, don't complain like the Israelites did. Don't start murmuring like the Israelites did. God doesn't like it. That is not how faith responds to a wilderness. That's how the natural responds to a wilderness. But we are called to live the supernatural so that we can see the God who said He can cause the desert to bloom again. He can cause rivers to flow. He can give you food for millions of people and their animals falling from heaven for 40 years and rivers of water in a desert for 40 years and He can cause your sandals not to wear out and your clothes not to wear out in the abrasive environment of a desert for 40 years. He says, there is nothing I can't do. So don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't let go. I know ha uh, life's not always a happy, clappy service. Uh, I understand that. I understand that. We don't always have happy, clappy services here either, right? I understand that. When your circumstances resemble more of the wilderness than the promise of God. But don't start murmuring. Stay focused. 
Stay focused on God. Stay focused on His Word. Stay focused in faith. Don't start complaining. Stay focused. Don't start questioning God. Stay focused. Stay focused. Job, during his trial of life there, he asked God, I think, 181 questions. And God's response was he asked Job 184 questions. <laughs> Don't lose faith and get into doubt and unbelief with questions. Come on now. Just know this. God has his eye on you. God is faithful. God really, really, really loves you. You got to know that. You got to know that He is here. He is with you right now. He is not out on some trip somewhere. He's right here and He's with you and He is faithful. And He's looking to see if you'll hold on to your promise. Stay focused and never give up. Stay focused and never give up. I love the speech that Winston Churchill gave to a student body. Uh, Years ago, it's recorded. He said, never give up. Never give up. I say to you students, never, never, never in nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give up. Except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. Never, never, never. Never give up. And I believe those would be words to us in the spiritual warfare that we're in even this evening that we will never give up. That we will keep our focus on our God. We will know that He is the God of, uh, that, that honors faith and rewards faith. That our focus has to be on His Word. And for us to receive miracles, we've got to reject the limitations of the natural and we've got to embrace God's supernatural through faith. We've got to become a faith people. We've got, to, we've got to love circumstances that says without God it can't. We've got to love that. If God doesn't, it won't. We've got to love that. We've got to desire that. We've got to, we've got to hunger and thirst for that. And we've got to keep our minds stayed on God's promises and keep our mind off of anything that is contrary to God's Word. Those four things right there, those four things, I think we have a recap of them right here. Those four things, I guarantee you, can help you have strong faith. Strong faith if you will do these. I want to see us as a church rise up and move into another level of supernatural a realm that God has created for us. Not just for us, but just like he used Abraham as an example for us, he can use Christian embassy as an example to Hampton Roads, to Virginia, and to the United States, and then utterly around the world to the uttermost. That he can use what he's doing here. Will we believe him? Little is much when God is in it. Little is much when God is in it and God wants to do great and mighty things. The greatest fires you've ever seen started with just a spark. I pray one of the greatest revolutions that would ever take place and reformations that would ever take place and revivals that would spin off as, as, as tornadoes spin off of, of, of great forest fires. They say they spin off tornadoes that revivals would spin off of a reformation of a fiery a, a, a change that would take place in this world in this century. And it would start right here. It would start in you. It would start in you. Oh, that we would believe God for the supernatural. Taking our eyes, considering not the negative, considering not the limitations, and saying, I'm going to keep my focus on what God says. I'm going to speak what God says. I'm going to make plans for what God says. I'm going to move towards what God says. I'm going to tell others that come my way, I'm going to start praising God for what God said because I know God is a God that is faithful and is going to do what He said He's going to do. Amen? 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 You receive that? Amen? Yes? Is your light on in it? Yeah, you're on. They'll, they'll get you. There you go. Light seems to 
as, as he was preaching, God reminded me that Elijah and his servant were on the mountaintop. And they wake up in the morning and they discover they're surrounded by a Syrian army. And I'm sure the servant freaked out. You know, we're dead meat, we're gonna die. And Elijah said something that seemed utterly foolish. He said, those that are for us are greater than those that are against us. And then he prayed and God opened the eyes of his servants and he saw that the Syrians were surrounded by angels and chariots of fire. Now the facts were the Syrians had Elijah surrounded, but the truth was God had the Syrians surrounded yes. and they knew the truth and the truth made them free. Amen, amen, praise God. To receive this word tonight, let's just stand together. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for your word that encourages, your word that instructs, your word that points the way, your word that brings light in, into our path that we can walk out into tonight, Lord God. And as this service ends tonight, Lord, we're going to walk into our neighborhoods, we're going to walk into our homes, and we're going to walk into the marketplace, and that's where our service begins. So I pray tonight, God, that we as a people of faith would, would repent before you tonight, God, for having placed our eyes on the negative, Lord, and placed our eyes on the limiting factors, Lord God. But we would pray right now, God, in the name of Jesus, as, as the prophet prayed that his servant's eyes would be open. I pray, Lord God, that you would open our eyes tonight. Take the scales off. Remove any blinders. Remove anything that would keep us from seeing the super that is surrounding the natural. Hallelujah. In our circumstances, in in our life and that we would rise up as men and women of faith and we would go into this night and we would go charged to go forth and declare your word and declare your work and to walk in your promises and see the fulfillment of your heart and the desires of heaven becoming the desires here on earth. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. We thank you, Lord God, that we can take it now and we can walk in it. We can walk on water. We can walk in it. We can see the Red Sea part. We can walk in it, Lord God, and see the provision from heaven here on earth. Uh, we pray tonight, God, that thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we know there's power in agreement. There is power in agreement. The Bible says that. Now do you believe it or not? If you believe it and you need to see God do something supernatural in your life, I'm going to give you an opportunity to have a prayer of agreement. Our usher, I mean our ministers are going to come, our prayer ministers, if you'd come. We'd like you to come just to stand in agreement. And if you want prayer, I want you to come and let them stand in agreement with you tonight to see the supernatural miracle manifest of heaven on earth in your life. There's power in agreement. And here are men and women standing before you who believe God, who are going to stand on the Word, who are going to stand on the promises of God to stand with you and to see that miracle manifest in your life. So without delay, if you need a miracle, if you need to see a breakthrough, if you need to see a lost loved one, that the change that the devil has on their life, broken off of their life, if you need to see provision, if you need to see whatever it is, there's people right here, right now, that's willing to stand with you in agreement. Hallelujah. So just come, just come. Hallelujah.